The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us for another week. Huge weekend last week, and we've got some good races coming up this week. And I brought in uh, two of my favorite handicappers. Uh, we've got the, the Ohio Derby is through a very, very interesting race. And I do have to believe that's because it's going to be 20 points to the winner to get into the gate for the Kentucky Derby. That's a not, not enough probably, but there's still plenty of race action down the road that they can get that extra action in. And just underneath that, of course, you know, Bob for years was the writer, turf writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And it is the Cleveland Gold Cup, a $75,000 race on the undercard uh, for the Ohio Derby. Uh, so we will have that. And then with me, uh, the man who wears many, 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 many hats. And none other than Ed Meyer will be with us. And as you may recall, uh, about uh, two, three weeks ago, we were handicapping Churchill downs and he came up with a cold trifecta uh upsetting the favorite in there and uh for a two dollar try you got back just under two hundred dollars so not too bad and i figured well as good as he did at churchill we're gonna reel him in for uh one of their uh biggest nights shall i say um uh, we'll be looking at the uh, the earliest one would be at 4:43, and that is the Bashford Manor for uh, two-year-olds. Uh, then uh, we move up and pl play the Fleur de Lee, which brought together a, a fine set of uh, of fillies. Uh, the big matchup here is uh, Midnight Bizu and Sarah. Getty Empress. Sarah Getty Empress really likes the track down there, Churchill. You may recall she won the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, Midnight Bezu is yet to win at Churchill, uh, but uh, she's uh, coming in this race off that near miss to maximum security. Now, that was back in February, so she's had time to kind of uh, uh, get back and get, get rid of that uh, – uh, Dubai funk or whatever you want to call it. And then, um, the 10th and featured race, the grade two half a million dollar Stephen Foster always draws together a very good field. And as tough as this field is, the odds maker made Tom's de tot, the even money choice. Another horse who loves Churchill Downs. Uh, seven starts there, three wins, two seconds, and a third, but some legitimate competition. And we'll see who Steady Eddie likes in there. And uh, again, we already uh, mentioned the field in the Fleur de Lis and the Regret. I don't think I mentioned the Regret. That's a grade two. $100,000 on the line there. And uh, another one that looks uh, 
pretty wide open. So we will let Ed uh, give us his insight into those races. So big Saturday at Churchill Downs. But last Saturday, folks, it was at Belmont Park. What did you think of Tis the Law in the reshuffled Belmont Stakes? Just sat off the pace for a little while, and Manny Franco put him into gear. Now, again, this was a one-turn mile and an eighth, and uh, all I could say is Tis the Law, Tis the Man right now. He's been made the Early favorite for the Kentucky Derby. I believe current odds are seven to two. Uh, so uh, it's good. It's going to be interesting down the road to see how well he goes. I just hope he stays together for Sacatoga Stable and uh, uh, Barkley Tag. Uh, good to see Manny Franco score his first grade one, I do believe, but uh, awfully impressive. And uh, he is now a classic uh, winner. Uh, <clears throat> we will uh, go over some of the other races from Belmont. But, of course, that was the big one last week. Okay, uh, let's take a look at the news. First news, hey, don't forget, pull down the easy win forms. And a lot of you must have come over to bet our Belmont contest because I got word uh, from the man operating it saying, I don't know what you did, but we got a big crowd partaking in the contest. So I would think that as we always have, even though everything's a little bit different, we'll also have contests for the Derby and the, the Preakness. So uh, look for Railbird Roberts and Ed Meyer to take us through the card. So we just talked about Tis the Law. Uh, winning the Belmont Stakes, and it was announced today that he will be standing at Ashford Stud upon retirement. <clears throat> I think uh, there's some nice horses standing right there now, and that would be American Pharaoh and Justify. Both Triple Crown winners, and the way things are going, who knows? Tis the Law could be a, a Triple Crown winner. This is only the second crop of Constitution that stands at Windstar, and he is just having a fantastic season without uh, standing horses from both generations. Saw one breaker maiden the other day at Belterra Park so easily for trainer Tim Ham and Windstar Park. Uh, you want to keep an eye out for a horse by the name of Authenticity. Uh, they will be back. So uh, it looks like Tis the Law is going to be joining the big boys uh, down at Ashford. And, you know, he's got a lot to go with it. I mean, he's inbred 5x5 five five to Seattle Slough, 5x5x5 five 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 to Mr. Prospector. Um, you know, he's got so much great blood in him, and now he's got a fantastic uh, record. They got a lot of dough coming to him for their $110,000 uh, purchase. Now, Sacatoga does plan to run in the Travers at Saratoga. Uh, that's now going to be August 8th, then the Kentucky Derby, September 5th, and the Preakness Stakes, uh, and they hope that will lead them to the Longines Breeders' Cup Classic at Keeneland. So uh, right now, I haven't read anything to see whether or not um, 
he's definitely going to run at four, but the, the, there is a, <clears throat> a quote in here from Jack Knowlton that says, we are excited to see what Tis the Law has in store on the track for the remainder of its three-year-old year and beyond, and then look forward to his career as a stallion at Ashford. So left the door open for a four-year-old season. Well, here's a good old boy that's going to retire sound and become a stable pony. Roy H., the two-time Breeders' Cup Sprint winner, has been retired. He's eight years old now, a son of more than ready. Those were back-to-back wins in the 2017-2018 editions of uh, the Breeders' Cup Sprint, of course. After that, was named Outstanding Male Sprinter at the Eclipse Awards both of those years. One hard-knocking, very fast horse. But uh, Peter Miller says, you know, he was just such a great horse to be around. He's going to be retired, let down a little bit, and then be a barn pony and continue to be an important part of the team since he's the favorite son among all of his staff members. He retires now after earning $3.1 million. From 23 starts, he won 10, second five times, third two times. So Roy H., we'll see you back on the track, just not back in the starting gate. And he did go out a winner, though. It was a while ago. He raced in the Palos Verdes Stakes. It was a grade two. That was in January of 2019 at Santa Anita. So Roy H., you'll be back on track. And congratulations for them, for him retiring safe and sound. How about this, folks? Big news today. Churchill Downs to stage the Kentucky Derby with spectators on September 5th. Okay, so they got a plan developed uh, in conjunction with advice uh, from the Louisville Metro Health Department. And uh, I guess if you got a ticket now, you're still good, but they're going to limit the amount of walk up people and they're going to have to walk straight to the infield. Uh, so they're going to limit the overall crowd density. Uh, so uh, those are a very specific number of tickets. And uh uh, they're going to reduce the credentials for employees, media. Uh, the barn area will be restricted to essential personnel. Uh, so uh, going to make it a little tough on press guys like me. But, you know, other ones. But for the most part, they want your mask on unless you're sitting there with your closest friends. But anytime you get up to make a bet or go to the restroom or go to the concessions, um, you will be wearing your mask. Well, like I said, we're going to be talking uh, to Bob Roberts about the Ohio Derby here soon. Storm the Court, last year's Eclipse Award winner, will be in the field for uh, the Ohio Derby. He hasn't done too well this year. Three starts, only got a third place finish in the grade two San Felipe, won by Authentic. Uh, so trainer Peter Yurton blinkers off. I was talking to Patrick Ellsworth up at Thistledown earlier today, and sad to say they are expecting rain up there. So we'll see how that affects the handicapping of one Mr. Bob Roberts. And after winning the 152nd Belmont Stakes. Manny Franco 
was voted Foundation Detox Jackie of the Week. Congratulations to him. Uh, he maintained a 52% in the money percentage uh, while leading North America in total stakes earnings, 640000 and total earnings for the week. Only got a minute, so just want to kind of go over. Um, both of our handicappers, uh, last last week, Dan Elman and Tony Stabile, the Beast of Belmont, they both liked Oleksandra, and she got it done in the Grade One Jayapur. It was a great selection by those boys. Uh, decorated Invader, the Big A's best bet, uh, won at odds on in the Penine Ridge, and then. Uh, Love this horse. Sweet Melania was never really challenged. Wire to wire with Jose Ortiz in the grade three. Wonder again. And keep an eye out for this girl in the Oaks, guys. Gaming from the Baffert Barn travels to Belmont and wins with ease in the grade one acorn. She's starting to add more money to her bankroll. She's got a ways to pay back her connections, though. She cost $1.8 million dollars and we will round it out going down to churchill downs and factor this he's back in cycle for trainer brad cox held on by a neck in the grade two wise dan over 10 to one shot english b all right that's a look at the news of the week and some of the big races and a look at our guests and first one out of the starting gate is going to be none other than bob Ralbert roberts Stay right there. We're coming back to you on Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you have any tips or comments you'd like to share any questions we would be happy to answer contact us now back to the show winning ponies with John Inglehart 
All right, and one of my favorite turf writers, a man that wrote for many, many years for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Uh, he left the dealer uh, a little while ago, and I guess they looked around the office and they all said, well, if Bob Roberts isn't going to be here, we're closing the damn paper down. Bob, <laughs> thanks for joining us. <laughs> my pleasure, John. <laughs> Is that yeah, what happened when they pulled the plug? Yeah. They just figured no Roberts, no reason. When I took the buyout in, I think it was 2006, 90 of us left. And it's been all downhill since then, I'm afraid. it's uh, It's been a rough road for the newspaper industry, as you probably well know. It's been a rough, rough road. <clears throat> yes, I do. Uh, <clears throat> but and, and, you know, I don't have to tell you that – Racing's always been very popular in the Cleveland area. Oh, are you kidding? At one time, between the Cleveland Press, that's the afternoon paper where I started, that went out of business, between the press and the plain dealer, you would get entries and results for over, and I'm not kidding you, over 20 tracks every day. Wow. It was big league, man. In fact, the Cleveland Plain Dealer may have been the last newspaper in this country to employ a full-time thoroughbred and a full-time harness writer. We had two separate, two separate people, or were they both you? Yes, no, two separate guys. One guy, I covered Thistle, the other guy covered the Trotters. And when, when he uh, retired, then I had to do both. But no, we had two guys full-time covering horse racing. It's unheard of. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, but you can we, count we, the turf riders on one hand now, full time. I don't know how many are. Are there any left? I don't know. I, you know, I'm trying to think. You know, I mean, uh, Gary's I going Jenny out. Was the last, Jenny Reese, Courier Journal. I think she was the last uh, turf rider standing, full time. And she still is, but it's with her own company. Yeah. You know. And uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but the first year of Mahoning Valley in Youngstown, the Youngstown Vindicator hired me, and I wrote five stories a week for the home meet so wow. i was full time well i was full-time turf i was in five days a week so i remember seeing jenny at the preakness i go we're the last two standing on a daily basis i'm writing five days a week and you're you're still covering racing for the courier journal but that man it's unbelievable how everybody's just disappeared I know, and, and and you know, you've got to go to some of these evolving websites, and so some of them are very good, and I've had a lot of the guests on, but other ones, they got names of people that I've never heard of, and I see their picture, and they look like they're about 18 years old, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, what's this right. dude going to tell me that I haven't figured out yet, you know? Oh, uh, God, it's... And I remember going back, I remember when the racing forum would send Joe Hurst to cover the Ohio Derby. That's uh, that's well, uh, and then one year, you remember the columnist for the racing forum? His name was Barney Negler. Remember yes. Barney Negler? Yes, I do. He wrote a column, and he wrote about boxing a lot, but he also wrote about racing. He was in the forum four or five days. Well, Joe had something going on, so they sent Barney to cover the Ohio Derby, and uh, there was a mix-up, and they gave away his hotel room which made him very unhappy when he got here. So I think he wrote one column on the Ohio Derby, and he wrote three boxing columns from the press box at Thistledown. That's how mad he was. <laughs> and every time he'd see me at the Belmont Stakes, he'd say, Hey, Cleveland. I go, Yeah, Barney. He go, Do you know the difference between Cleveland and the Titanic? I says, No. He says, The Titanic had good restaurants. <laughs> 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 he uh, was a great old guy. 
I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Bob, I, I know you not didn't just cover things on the local scene, You've been, you've been to uh, uh, many, many a Kentucky Derby in your day, but I, I've, I've got to uh, go to a seer like you to get your input on this year's Belmont Stakes and Tis the Law. Well, I didn't think, I mean, I don't, I'm, I try to beat the chalk every chance I get, but I said, there's just no way they're going to beat this horse. I mean, you cannot pick against this horse. He's supposed to win this race because the competition wasn't all that great, and he's a very nice horse. But don't you feel for the owner? The poor guy couldn't watch, couldn't be there in person when they won the Florida Derby, and he was watching the Belmont from a tent back home at Saratoga Springs. I kind of feel bad for those people. Horse wins yeah, well, two big races, and, and they're not there. Yeah, and how, how bad's it going to be? Because his next dance is going to be at Knowlton's favorite track and his favorite race, the Travers Stakes. I don't think he's going to be able yeah. to go to that either unless things change a little bit. I think they're trying to come up with some kind of plan where maybe they'll limit it to two owners per horse to be in the stands for some of the races. I tell you what, John, I've been going to Saratoga the last couple of years. I go, I drive from Cleveland. It's like six and a half hours. I go for opening weekend, three or four days. I come home, and I go back for the closing three or four days. So I was really looking forward to doing it again for like the third year in a row. If they allow horse owners in the last couple of weeks of the meet, I might have to buy a horse. God, I'd like <laughs> to go to Saratoga again. You've been there? You've been to Saratoga? I grew up there. Oh, my God. I have to tell you then. I, I didn't I, know that. I, I knew little Andy when he was little Andy. <laughs> I'm and the restaurants are so great. I'm sure you've been to Hattie's Chicken Shack. Oh, yeah. It used to just be right outside the track. There's uh, one so, in the track, but there's also the restaurant in downtown Saratoga. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. The, and, I Harry Stevens' uh, uh, Hot Fudge Sundays. I mean, oh, it, it was the best. And you, and you could walk back from the races with the jockeys. I mean, I was only like nine, ten years old, but it was a thrill for me walking oh. back those guys i i loved it but right. uh, well yeah tis, tis friend of mine law. got me a rate at the holiday and right there and right on the edge of downtown so you you come out of the hotel and you make a left and you can walk to the track mile mile and a half and you walk back to your hotel and then you make a right and you go downtown another half mile and have dinner at one of the best restaurants so that's the you could park your car there and go to the races for a week and never move the car that's how yeah, great it is it. there oh it's yep. the best um, and I, I remember I last it. year, Dale Romans was sitting out in front of the cigar shop in, in downtown Saratoga Springs, sitting on some kind of kitchen chair, smoking a stogie and telling stories. He's a, he's a character. I'm sure you've talked to him many times. He's a character and a half. Yeah, yeah. And he's smart enough to have his daughter go to the University of Dayton when she was old enough. So I really respected him for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he can tell some stories. He's a great storyteller. Well, word is, it's going to be a little rainy up there. And I'll tell you what, Bob, you know, know, you've seen, um, God, I'm not even going to say how many Ohio derbies, but this is one of the more interesting fields. And, you know, speaking of Dale Romans, he's there, Asmussen's there, Bill Mott is there. Uh, last year's two-year-old champion stormed the courts there. Michael Stidham's there. Todd Stanley Fletcher. Huff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, have Fletcher, you ever seen Fletcher a, a got group one in or two in. trainers yeah. uh, like this attracted to the Ohio Derby? Right. No, it's uh, 
it's a very bettable race. And, and I tell you what, if uh, if Storm the Court uh, continues to uh, stall out a little bit like he's been, this is anybody could win this race. That's for sure. I mean, I'm well, sure Peter Erton is coming back because it's a half a million dollar race, and he won the Ohio Derby two years ago with core belief. So maybe he thinks this is one of his lucky spots in America to to, to, to ship a racehorse to. I met him for the first time that day. He was a real gentleman. I didn't know him from Adam. I didn't even know who he was. And we just got talking. And all of a sudden, I see him go over and and saddle core beliefs. I'm like, oh, that's Peter Erton. But, uh, yeah, now the interesting thing is they're going to take the blinkers off uh, Storm the Court. And... uh, Pretty much for half of his career, he's raced with them, and the only race he won without them was his uh, maiden at Del Mar. Of course, got a scratch at Del Mar Futurity where he lost his jock. And but I find it also interesting that Flavian Pratt is going to be flying into North Randall, Ohio. I know, I know that is that is very interesting that he wants to come and ride the horse. Well, he's been the regular rider. Only the only time he he wasn't on him was the. Uh, San Felipe when Rosario rode him, but I don't know. I mean, I don't like when trainers make those kind of uh, uh, equipment changes on the eve of a big race. I just think they're they're fishing, they're searching. You know what I mean? He's looking for something to get this horse back to, to the way he wants him. I don't. I, if you told me a maiden was going to win this race, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, I, I think it's that wide open. Well, I mean, Bob, anybody's bet listening, to storm the court off the off the board, but well, maybe they won't. But, what is he three to one on the morning line? Uh, He's never been favored in his life in a race. You know that. Never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the deal. When you say the eve eve of the race, blinkers off. My guess is he's had the blinkers off for a little while. And when I see an equipment change, my eye immediately goes to the workout line. And if I see a bullet workout after an equipment change, that's a red flag for me. And that's a positive red flag. Uh, so obviously the, the test worked. Now I'm not going to get all over him because there's just too many other mystery horses. And I, I think one of the biggest is uh, Tyler Bay's coming in to ride Rowdy Yates for Steve Asmussen. Uh, he was so impressed with this uh, horse's, uh, you know, earlier performances. I mean, he's got five lifetime wins from nine starts that he put him in the, what was it? The, Eight million dollars, Saudi Arabia. Uh, Saudi, Saudi Arabia Der- Derby, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I know. You know, I mean, he didn't disgrace himself. He only got beat six lengths, but uh, no. uh, you, you know, it, it's very interesting horse that that that, that drew my eye to this race. Um, and then uh, th- there aren't many, as we heard. It's maybe we didn't hear it. Did I? I don't know if I said it or not? But it's supposed to rain up there. Is uh, no. there's very very few horses with uh, wet track experience. So, you know, that that, that, that could really uh, be a fly in the ointment. And another horse that I find interesting is this established. Uh, only has had two starts. So two bait, broke his, broke his maiden, though, with a 92. And he is a son of Constitution who's about as hot as they get in the stallion ranks right now. Wait a minute. He hasn't broke his maiden. He's 0 for 2. Established. Oh yeah, they were both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been second in both. I got a, I got, I got a line on him. I'm going to use him. If I, if I'm going to get some exactus, some tri boxes, I'm throwing him in. 
I know. I'm interested in him. That was a fast race at uh, at Churchill that day, so I'm 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 going to use him. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if a maiden won this race. I'm throwing him in. Yeah, yeah. By the way, going back to that workout, I didn't look at it. Maybe you did. Did you? Because I think you can watch the workouts on uh, XBTV. I wonder if he had the blinkers on or off for that for that June 20th workout at Santa Anita. I did not go back and look, but I, I, I'd be willing to bet you on air right now. Yeah, that they were off. Yeah, uh, you, you, that they were off. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, think you'd you make a change right. like you that unless right. you took your horse for a test drive. Right, right. So, so who else well, do you like in here, Bob? And that because well, I want to get. To uh, that, I mean, uh, obviously, I'm, I mean, because of the blinkers off and the fast work. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna box four horses in an exact in a try box, I got to throw them in there. Uh, and I'm going to put in established, and I'm looking at a horse, another horse who came off of a fast workout. He's coming up from, horses who come up here from Gulfstream have done very well over the years. Last year was that the horse ran second for Sappy Joseph, Math Wizard. He ran a big race. I'm looking at the, uh, a horse called Soros, the 11 horse. Uh, he's only, uh, he, he ran, he broke his maiden in a $75,000 stake race at Gulfstream last November. And uh, he had a big workout on June 20, same day as uh, as Storm the Court. He worked five furlongs in 59 and three. And, and this trainer's pretty sharp cookie, this Gustavo Delgado. So uh, he's batting 20 percent this year. I, I'm gonna I'm throwing that horse in. Right, I don't know who three. that jock is. You know that jockey Luan Machado? No, I don't know him either. But I'm putting him in. And then but I gotta he's... find a uh, I gotta find a, f- a fourth horse. I don't I don't know uh, where to go for a fourth horse. You got uh, Tom Amos. He's awfully good. He won the Ohio Derby in 2016 with Mo Tom. He's in yes. there. How about this horse Lebda, who's had three straight bullet workouts, coming from uh, Maryland, which is a very underrated circuit. They're pretty tough there. He's his horse is seven to two. I'll probably throw him in. This guy's got right. this horse cranked up pretty good, so I'll probably throw him in. That'd be my that'd be my four horse box. The four, right. the eleven, twelve, thirteen. Here's my four horse box. How about well, you? I'm, oh, I have no idea. I I, I want to watch <laughs> him watch him warm up and see if it really does rain. You know how incorrect uh, weather reports are. Okay. A, a lot. We'll tell you one now, thing about that track, John. Thistledown's racetrack. If it rains in the morning. And the sun comes out, and you get a little bit of wind. It'll be dry come four thirty, five o'clock. It is a very fast drying racetrack. They've done a thistledown. The reputation of that racetrack over the years is very sound, very sound track, which probably makes these trainers, all these big name trainers, they don't they don't worry at all about shipping to run at the in the Ohio Derby because it's a good racing surface. All right, we got Bob Railbird Roberts with us. Uh, Want to use his uh, connections with the Ohio program and the Daniel Stearns Cleveland Gold Cup. They're going a mile and an eighth. Bob, I only got about two minutes left. I see this uh, as, as a two-horse race. Liberate, who was without a doubt the uh, best uh, Ohio-bred two-year-old last year, against a horse that he's raced against a few times and has given him a run for his money, and that's Betcha I Will. Now, most yeah. These horses have been sprinting, and uh, you, you know. And now we're going to ask them to stretch out. Uh, I, I, as I don't want to go against Ham and Liberate, but I want to make I some know. money. And I'm thinking, um, 
I, I, I might go with betcha. I will. The, that was that was a, a pretty solid effort uh, in that in that uh, Mike Rowland the last time. Right. Uh, but Liberate hasn't raced against Ohio Bred yet this year, and that says a lot. And also uh, faced older horses and beat them in its last race at Thistledown. So uh, he, he's a nice horse, John. I really I like him. I, I, he's three to one on the morning line, and you're, the horse you like is three and a half to one. I, I like Liberate. I, I like him a lot in that spot. He's a he's pretty tough little uh, t- tough little horse. I know they got to go with nine furlongs, and sometimes that. Uh, that that says the difference. Hopefully, they don't get too anxious early in these races because they can put up some fractions when they hit that turn for the first time. So, but I'll probably bet my money on Liberate. Doc Stearns, remember Doc Stearns, president of the HBPA for years, a vet, sure. great guy. Yeah. He was a great guy. Loved the uh, loved Ohio State. He would he got to ring the bell once before a game, and he was just tickled pink. Oh. He was a <laughs> he was a he was quite the character, Doc Stearns. <laughs> That's great. Well, you probably haven't been up there yet, Bob. I've got to close out this segment. Will this be your uh, your first trip to the beautiful track at North Randall, Ohio, this year? It will be. It'll be my first. Well, before, since the uh, we got kicked out there, we were. I would go every Saturday with my friends and sit in the high roll. Oh, I would go Wednesday, Friday, Saturday in the high rollers room. But middle of March, that was the end. We haven't been back since like March twelfth or the thirteenth. So we're hoping to uh, knock the door down, maybe not this week, but next week. Yeah, we want to get back in there. But I'm going to wear my mask and stand on the apron and, and snap my fingers from my exacta box in the Ohio Derby. Well, I'll, I'll miss seeing your smiling little face this year, Bob. But <laughs> I, Well, hopefully I'm, you'll be getting up there sometime this summer, huh? Uh, for, for sure, uh, I'll, I'll be up there in August for the uh, Best of Ohio series. Great. Is there going to be a banquet? Have you do, we got any I, breaking I, news on that? I, I kind of do, and I, I, I don't <laughs> want to make it. I don't want to make it official, but all okay. I can say is all when right. I spoke to the director of racing, Patrick Ellsworth, today, he welcomed us with open arms. Great, I'm glad to hear it. And he said, yeah, "We got to get back some sense of normalcy here." You know what I mean? Yeah, right. yeah. And, and Patrick said, "Look, John, let me just get through the Ohio Derby." Call me on Monday and, we'll, and tell me what you need, and we'll work the details out. We'd be honored to have your organization there. So, Bob, I think we'll be yeah. standing side by side live on right. the microphone at Thistledown. Thanks for being on tonight. All right, John, you take care, buddy. Have a good weekend. All right, take care. That was Bob Relford right, Roberts, longtime writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Great horse player. You can just get the, his enthusiasm in his voice, just as you will hear enthusiasm in the voice of our next guest, Ed Meyer. So, ladies and gentlemen, these trying times, I want you to take a deep breath. Namaste right there. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. 
pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. You know this guy. He is our most popular guest here on Winning Ponies. He's the man I admire, and his name is Ed Meyer. He's a handicapper, a writer, an odds maker, track announcer, uh, was a bouncer at Riverbend. He called rat, he called rat races in northern Kentucky. Once a year, I swear to God, I'm not making that story up. The one and the only August Edward Meyer. Great to have you on the show. John, you forgot that I could tie my shoes in reverse uh, and that I could actually uh, change my own oil in my car. I mean, that was quite an introduction. I mean, especially the Ludlow Rat Races, which was more fun than the law allows. But I'm glad that you actually uh, you recalled that because it brought a fondness and a warmth to me. There you go. I, I always knew that was one of the highlights. Of your <laughs> Wasn't it like the, the, the night before the Derby when you do it? Um, yeah, yeah, I would. And there was adult beverages. There was uh, all sorts of. Uh, you, you would see it was the greatest. It, it was the greatest event for charity, and it really went. You would see everyone from the guy that stayed underneath the bridge to judges and executives throughout the. It was the greatest coming together of Northern Kentucky, and it was incredibly quiet, and it was always packed. A lot of fun. A lot of fun and, for a great. They cause. weren't real rats. They weren't horses that couldn't run that people call rats. They were actual rats. Mice, and they actually ran through a maze, which was my hometown, Ludlow, and it was in Kentucky, and is in Kentucky still. And uh, and they would actually, someone did a remarkable job of painting the all streets of Ludlow, and they would run through and all the little historical landmarks. It was a whole lot of fun, and I got to tell you, uh, just they, we had we had music and dancing, libations, and there was the grills were going. I'll tell you what, if you could find a better way to warm up for the Derby, you better uh, pack two bags, buddy. 
<laughs> well, Ed, uh, <clears throat> I told everybody at the top of the show to remind them that you're the guy that gave us that cold trifecta in uh, the Louisville down at Churchill Downs, uh, where, where where you beat the favorite and it paid a pretty nice price. I said, well, Ed's kind of honed in on Churchill, and they're having another big day down there. I guess their Stephen Foster Day about this time of year might be their biggest Um and uh, so it, it is Stephen Foster Day down there. And let's uh, let, let's take a look at this race uh, right now. I didn't re- I knew he'd be favored, but they've listed Tom's to tot as even money rider change, though. Joel Rosario will not be up. Miguel Mena uh, is will be named. I, I think the world of uh, Miguel Mena, but uh Al Stahl, the trainer, this horse loves Churchill. He's won close to 600000 which is in even half his lifetime earnings. But he's earned them at Churchill. And, man, he loves a mile and an eighth. Eight times he's gone that distance. Five wins for just short of a million dollars. It just seems like, yeah, you know how you hear him say, checks all the boxes. I think he does, and he's coming into this race off four, uh, three straight victories, one in a grade one, one in a grade two, uh, and one on a wet, fast track. Do I think the weather report's halfway decent for the Kentucky area this weekend? In Kentucky, I, I think we're going to be okay. We're going to enjoy it. It's, it, it is going to be nice, and Churchill Downs can take a great deal of water, even if we do get a little bit of sprinkling there. Nothing to worry about. That, that track is is amazing. It's magical. It can take water, and in a half an hour, you got a fast track. And nowhere in the country that I've I've been able to see thus far, you know, has that. I took a look at your times to Todd John and everyone's, and man, they've got a runner here. Even money seemed a little low. I just went a little tiny bit higher at five to two with by my standards. Everything that's come out of Oakland this year, especially out of the Oakland handicap and all the other major stakes, graded stakes, they have all went everywhere in run terrific. By my standard ran that day in one, rolling off three in a row, the son of Golden Census, looking to make it four straight. And it looked like ever since the Kentucky Derby of 2019, which squeezed up, bumped around, placed 11th for the ski queue, everything was wrong. But they brought him back slowly. He came back, he wintered at fairgrounds, and he's rolled off three in a row. Brett Calhoun, who's winning 21% this year overall, gives Gabe Sy as a leg up, and Gabe's been the only pilot aboard this runner. I think for five to two, I think I'm getting a pretty good value. Well, I know they gave Gabe 30 days at Indiana. Uh, does that not count in a graded stakes race? I think they can get uh, a blessing for for that for that race or maybe that day. I'm not sure the specifics other than that race. But, yes, they, they can get one, but it's just not automatically given. They have to petition and speak to the stewards. They have to have approval from the commission. Uh, yes, uh, you, you'll see Gabriel Sias, and if not, uh, you know, I, I, I'll still stand by the what I was told such a long time ago because I had heard that, you know, riders were given days, and then I would see them on the weekend riding, you know, two of the biggest races of the month. But, you know, I did learn that about that one, and uh, I'm hoping that it still holds true. This son of Golden Sense looks really good, John. I think once you actually go back and take a really hard look at it, you're going to see there's only one bad race. And, you know, but 
but a lot's going to have to happen. Tom Satat is is such a, such a monster, and as you said, six for seven in the money at Churchill Downs. If you like the Oval, but the switch to Mena is and nothing against Mena. He's he's terrific. He fits and he's doing well at Churchill. But switching Joel off, uh, what's what's in the stew here? We don't know. Well, I'll tell you, speaking of familiar jackies, uh, Florent Giroux is joining forces again with Owendale. And Owendale's only bad race was when he wasn't up. Of course, it was a little race called the Breeders' Cup Classic. Um, he, he can be part of the mix if there's enough pace. And I don't see too many in here that want to really uh, gobble up the lead. I thought it was interesting to see Mike Smith uh, riding Pirate's Punch, but I guess I'm thinking he's in town to maybe ride somebody else on the Churchill card. You might you might be correct there, but, you know, while you're in town, you might as well make hay. And, you know, there, there's already races that are carded and jump right in and make it. You know, this pace was a little confusing to me as well. I like Owendale. I really do. I was looking to maybe try to find something that was a little better price, but 5-2, to two, I guess I'm going to have to take on the runner I like. But Owendale, 4-1, to one, John, I, I think you're fishing in the, in the right pond here. 2-3 for three in the money at Churchill. That last race out in the blame looks like the perfect prep from November to May comes back and wins off the pace two for three in the money at Churchill. Owendale's looking better and better. Brad Cox is winning 24%. I mean, prior to that, it was all grade one action practically and some grade three, and they look to be walkers. Owendale looks to be really good. I mean, it's going to be definitely part of my exact, but but I need that price. Can you find a big price in here? Uh. You know, Ed, I I really can't. I mean, I I, I think we we've we've talked about all the top horses. Um, perhaps Silver Dust. Uh, he finished just behind Owendale and four links behind by my standards, but he didn't get the job done in those races. I don't see why he's going to get the job done in here. Yeah, I kept coming back to Fearless, the one at 12 to 1 with John Velasquez from Todd Pletcher. One for one at Churchill, and uh, and it lays off the pace. Might come and uh, compliment and finish out that uh, that trifecta action that you're so fond of on the weekends because they pay so well. But that, that's that's really what I see in this race. All right. Well, let's uh, go to the race uh, prior to it, and that would be the Fleur de Lee. And let's face it, the headlines in here are Saragenti Empress and Midnight Bizu. Midnight Bizu hasn't raced since February 2nd when she was just beaten by a uh, perhaps helped maximum security. She might still get put up as the winner of that race. So she comes into this race. You, you know how rich that race was, was $20 million with $7.2 million. And Saragenti Empress... Got to put a line through her apple blossom. Uh, just it didn't get, you almost always see her on top by four after the first quarter. And she did, didn't get the, the jump she wanted that day. Maybe it wasn't her day, but uh, uh, Joe Talamo just wrapped up on her. Tom Amos not calling him to blame, bringing him back for the mountain. Let's uh, not forget the, her fondness for... Churchill Downs as she won the Kentucky Oaks here last year. 
All true. It, to me, it, it came down to a tale of two horses. You got the speedy Philly by alternation Serengeti Empress who's going to get out there, John, also coming from Oakland. Uh, we're going to scratch out the Apple Blossom. Go back to the Azari, a grade two event, sloppy seal track and wins by six and a quarter lengths back in March, has faced and knocked heads with Midnight Bisu. Here's the way I see it. If Midnight Bisu comes off just a hair slow, gets bumped, doesn't get the, the clean break, Saragani Empress can air this field. If all things are, are straight away and Midnight Bisu comes out straight as an arrow, there's going to be a lot of problems here. You just, you've run into a real tough animal at the right time from the Steve Asmussen barn. Mike Smith in town, that, that gets all of my attention. I mean, even though it's three to five, it almost looks like a free spot in the pick four. Yeah, and you know, here's who he came to ride. He that Foster was a pickup mount, uh, but nonetheless, uh, he, he gets paid either way. But uh, th- this mare is just so phenomenal. I mean, 20 career starts, 12 wins, five seconds, three thirds. I mean, uh, and, and the races she's been beat were the Breeders' Cup Distaff and the Grade One could. No, she got moved up on that the, through DQ, uh, controversial race with Monomoy Girl. Uh, but again, the, the Breeders' Cup distaff the year before was beaten by uh, Monomoy Girl and then just went on that sensational run. And, uh, y- you know, as much as I love Sarah Gany Empress, uh, her uh, owner is a guy from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I, I do think that Asmussen's picked a great spot for Midnight Bizu in here. I, I think so. I, it, it, you know what? It's going to be a great race to watch, but uh, I wouldn't expect it. From a better standpoint, it may not be, but uh, from a fan standpoint, for sure. I mean, to see uh, Phillies and Mares of this quality locking horns, there's a few real monsters in here, and in both, both of which, you know, really tick all the boxes, as you say. But uh, when it all comes down to it, uh, only she can beat her, in my opinion. She has been running so daggone good. And that Saudi Cup, wow, was incredible. Uh, finishing uh, three quarters behind maximum security. I know. I know. Well, Ed, here's where I am going to really need your help. And, and that is the grade three regret. And uh, it, it is just an amazingly wide open uh, uh, field, but a very full field. Um who I don't have any odds in front of me, so I don't know who who they're liking. Uh, the the one horse that you know, uh, catches my eye, Johnny V, in to ride with Grand Motion with, with a horse that got a huge wake up call in in, in in France the last time, and uh, uh, and, and that is Crystal Cliffs, uh, the the uh, the French bred. You know, I, I I get to look at this. First off, there's a there's a runner by the name of Casadero who is eight to five. The the morning line, and if we're if we're talking about the uh, Basher Manor, I mean, I'm really. I, I keep coming back to Casadero being the one and only for the day that really looked like a lock to me. And then something else jumped out and almost just kind of bit my arm was the five in the Basher Manor. It's a grade three event. Herd immunity. B.J. Hernandez is riding for trainer Peter Miller. And when they come east, 
I mean, they come with a reason. They had a very nice uh, two-year-old by Union Rags here that that wanted Santa Anita over uh, off of a off of a compromise beginning step slow, kind of got rustled about, but yet settled out nicely professionally, like an older horse, and wins by a length and three quarters. I think herd immunity in here might be deserving of a uh, little bit of a, a nod here. You're getting nine to two. B.J. Hernandez knows the track, and there's some good works involved, John. Uh, we're talking about the regret. Oh, I, excuse me. I, I went right to the Bashford Manor. I was I was all excited because that's my play of the day. And uh, <laughs> but with what I, what I told you, I mean, you can you can lock it up. Herd immunity at nine to two is my play of the day. Boxing up with Casadero, and that was the Bashford Manor. I jumped right to that because. I had to be honest with you. I, I thought about you know who who was going to be my, my price play. You never listened to me play. before. Why should you start now? So oh, you know. I was going to say. I mean, you know, I didn't even ask you. I missed the portion in between. We we get to talk for about thirty seconds or a minute while your producer squares up everything. And I have to tell you, I missed what Bob chose for the Ohio Derby. I've been sitting here looking at it. The only thing I can come out with is a price. I know the Ohio Derby is near and dear to your heart, but I know you got an angle. I, I, I do, and, and I think it's a horse that you're going to get a price on that uh, most people thought would, would, would be the favorite. And it, uh, it's uh, last year's two-year-old champion, Storm the Court. You look at his running lines and you see – you know, a fourth, a third, a sixth in the Arkansas Derby. What I see is, and you know me, you've sat next to me for many race, equipment change, bullet work. I think Flopping. you're right. I, I, well, now we know where Flavian Pratt is at, and he was not a Churchill. You know, for the last runner that I had mentioned, he's actually in a, at the Ohio Derby for a reason. You know, right. coming. Out, I think you got a nice runner there, John. Uh, can, can show some really good speed. But uh, another runner that you may want to pair yours with, and you made an excellent case, very articulate on on with that one. But this is a price fifteen to one sprawl. Paco Lopez for Bill Mott, who's still celebrating his big win, second off of a layoff. I think this is his coming out party, and what sprawl is really going to be made of. I think we're going to get to see it now. It looks like coming apart at the right times. Everything's coming together, I should say, not apart. But uh, coming off of a win was a very promising note to me. And Paco Lepez making the trip, uh, I I feel he's really, really underrated. 17% winner, 46% of the money. I'll tell you what, at 15-1, to 1, I'm using my exacta. All right. Well, we took a turn to thistle down there, probably because you're avoiding handicapping the regret because, man, I can't handicap it. Well, you know, it's funny. There's you can handicap as as good as any, and I and I would have thought the race for you for the weekend. Now, if I had to bet a diet coke, would have been the Ohio Derby, and and I'm kind of surprised. But I did look at the regret. But it for me, it really wasn't that that killing. Something really was nagging at me, and boy, I really wanted to play it. The only thing I could come out was in good spirits. Miguel Mena for Al Stahl, you know, and got blistering speed. I keep trying to look to see if something will come off the pace. There, there, and there's, there's a bevy of runners that I can make 10 cases for, but there's only a couple that I can make a case for. Just the opposite, stealing the race, stretching out from a mile to a mile and an eighth, and it's one for two at Churchill, coming out of the Teppan and ran a beautiful race at a huge price. I think we might have somebody here that might be able to steal this race. At a really, eight to one is the morning line. Nice. 
I like it. I like it a lot. Well, Ed, that pretty much uh, closes out that portion of the show because in the Bashford Manor, uh, we are going to go to Casadero, correct? Casadero looks really, really good. It, to me, I, I, I think you're going to be hard-pressed. I think you'll see all the public money on Casadero. But I'm using with herd herd immunity, and is at 9-2. to two, And that was, that was the runner that Flavian Pratt was supposed to ride, but yet he's at the Ohio Derby. You got it. Well, brother, uh, it's time for me to go. I'll be in touch with you. You know that. And meanwhile, stay tuned to Winning Ponies. Pull down those easy win forms. Ed Meyer, thanks a million for being on the show tonight. Thanks so much, John. Best of luck to your listeners and best of luck to you. All right. Take care. All right, Producer Josh, let's get out of here. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.